Hey everyone, welcome back to Agency Hacker. I'm Justine, your co-host of the show. Today we are here with David Finberg, the CEO of Peaks Digital Marketing. How are you, David? Hey, I'm great, Justine. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, of course. So let's get started. What does your agency do and how did you start it? Yeah, so Peaks is a full service SEO um, and just digital marketing company. We focus mainly on content, websites, SEO, a little bit of social media. Um, we I started Peaks um, almost exactly eight years ago uh, with the intent of uh, building a different type of offering, not only for clients, but also for um, our employees, right? And creating a, a different platform for people to to grow with. And what we noticed is a lot of uh, agencies were locking people into like long-term contracts, didn't have a lot of great data strategy or tracking. And um, we really bring a data-driven approach to um, SEO and digital marketing uh, as a whole. And so um, it actually started when um, when I couldn't actually get a job in the industry. Um, and I'd worked at some, you know, another SEO startup um, prior to moving out to Colorado and was, you know, ready to start my own company and, um, I thought, you know, wow, this is going to be really intimidating. I'm, maybe I should just go get a job. And I think I applied to like 70 or 80 jobs as someone who's historically never had a problem getting a job. Um, it was surprising when, you know, I wasn't really offered um, the positions that I was, I was, you know, kind of eyeing for. And it was almost out of necessity. And just the fact that I've always been an entrepreneur when I was nine or 10 years old, I was making websites selling them to friends and family, um, creating content. And it really has just been something, you know, when it snowed, I was out there shoveling instead of playing on sleds. So it was really one of those things where um, it's a passion of mine is to, is to help people and, and build and grow um, processes and, and, you know, the business as a whole. And, and that's really, you know, the, the, the story of peaks is, um, you know, creating somewhat of a new offering in, in spaces that were heavily crowded where most people were being locked into contracts and didn't have good data and really didn't have the right team to support uh, their SEO or digital marketing efforts and creating this fractionalized team approach and not locking on into contracts and really showing like the proofs in the pudding was was um, kind of the second component that has you know, allowed our, our team to grow. Hmm. I love your story. That's very unique. You know, you mentioned data-driven approach and just, you know, people being locked into contracts. Can you expand on what your agency does instead of locking people <laughs> into contracts? Yeah. So we yeah. just, uh, we just asked for 30 days notice, right? And so, you know, the, the ultimate goal is to sign on accounts where you're building a relationship and it's much internally like how we grow the company. It's all relationship driven. And we really believe that um, you shouldn't have to lock people into a relationship, right? If, if you're forcing someone to go out on a date with you, maybe they don't want to be on that date. And so we apply that same approach here at Peaks and we say, hey, you know, uh, the proof's in the pudding. We, we really front load our campaigns to add value and, and drive uh, measurable ROI early on in the campaign. And, and because of that, we don't necessarily need, um, I mean, sometimes it's nice to have like longer contracts, right? our process is, you know, why lock the customer in and, and to be really flexible and transparent and um, just takes a lot of the pressure off of the relationship, especially when so many SEO and digital marketing agencies, um, you know, you hear these horror stories about, about people not getting results. Right. And I think there's, it, it almost feels like gambling to the end consumer. And so we, we like to try to eliminate some of that risk for the client and have, you know, we both have a little bit of skin in the game. 
Yeah, I love that. It's very service focused. You know, I love how you mentioned relationship driven as well. Do you think that really has helped you in the beginning stages of your journey as well? It has. And if anyone here is growing a business or an agency, um, you know, the way that you get to seven figures is not how you get to eight figures in that zero to seven figure journey. Um, as you said, service, right? Being of service. And that's what, what you know, great mentors of mine like Vinnie Fisher, Tony Grebmeyer, and others have have instilled in me is, you know, how do we be of value and of service? Uh, and everything else just works its way out. And I think, um, or works itself out, I should say. And I, I think, uh, you know, really where um, a lot of, of budding entrepreneurs fail is, you know, not going that extra mile or not trying to, to be service oriented and just being like product or deliverable driven. Right. And so, so many opportunities have resulted from, from us saying, well, maybe we can do that, or let's take a look at what this looks like instead of immediately going to that no place. Like, well, we only do this. And that's actually helped us, you know, not only, um, build relationships, it's almost as if we're a partner in their success. And now we're, you know, collaborating together. And, um, you know, there's the possibilities are endless when you have that open line of communication, really where I think a lot of um, agencies get it right is, is being, you know, customer focused, having that level of service, having that level of um, curiosity to say, Hey, what is it that, that we can do that'll, that'll help you even more? Or, you know, what are those three wins that would you know make or break us being able to work with you in the future and, and creating this long-term relationship where you know we can be your trusted advisor and partner throughout you know the course of your your business's life cycle and um, you'd be surprised to hear what people say and then you can you know really some of the most valuable feedback and communication comes directly from the client right and so um, be a voice to your clients and and ask how you can be of service and ask you know, where can we be doing things better and what would really make this a win for you? And what else can we be doing for you that would add some value, not just blindly selling them services or upselling them, right? Is really listening and um, observing before we, you know, start pitching products and services. Yeah. I love how you're speaking on just the honesty, just honestly about the industry and the, you know, the good and the bad with it, but also just some clients do experience, you know, horror stories, like you mentioned. So it's so good to just be the change that, you know, you want to see has that, you know, you're, you emphasizing on relationships and trust I'm hearing, has that poured into the type of clients you have? Yeah, that's really, um, it's created this solid foundation for us to build upon and, you know, we're humans. We don't always get it right. 99.9% .9 of the time that if we're getting 90% or sometimes I tell my team go for 70% if you're being ambitious, right? If it's something new, um, you know, it's really about that communication, that trust. And most importantly, as you probably have, have experienced, right? It's expectations. And so um, I think just having that transparency at the forefront gives you know, business owners opportunities to feel like they have certain levers that they can pull and, and they value, you know, being presented with different options in different directions. If we can, you know, encourage that conversation more as opposed to shoehorning them into, you know, product or service that, you know, is what the salesperson wants to sell or is what, you know, the numbers would dictate we should sell. I think that's really where we find that, um, our longest lasting relationships have been built on that candor candor and and kind of trust. Um, it doesn't mean we always agree. It doesn't mean that there's always a, a, you know, cookie cutter solution to put in place. In fact, everything we do is tends to be custom. Um, but if we know that, Hey, we can build this and it takes, you know, 
X amount of, of weeks or months to achieve this, this hypothesis or achieve this result. Um, you know, these are things that we can communicate up front, right. And, and, you know, furthermore, set better expectations with our clients around what we're striving to do for them and and how we're really going to make an impact. Or if we don't know what's going to work, right. Giving them that, you know, difficult conversation of, Hey, we don't know if this is going to work. Maybe we should focus over here. Maybe we could also focus on this as like a passion project, really giving that fluidity so that we feel, um, good about the the relationship and that the client feels like they have a multi-tool and, and more of a tool or resource as opposed to a rigid agency that only offers X or Y. Yeah. I love that you said that fluidity, you know, you mentioned customize. How would you say, can you expand more on that with just your ex, your agency's expertise and how personalized it may be? Yeah. So we look at everything from, you know, what platform is your website on, um, how uh, how can we drive the quickest ROI early on in the campaign? It typically involves like understanding their marketing campaign. So maybe they're doing, you know, some social and they've tried SEO and maybe that's worked for them or it hasn't, but they want to take it to the next level. They typically come to us and say, you know, hey, here's what we're looking to accomplish. And you know, while we're under the hood and opening up, you know, different uh, different parts of the engine, we may say, hey, are you doing email? Oh, interesting. No email. Okay. Let's make sure we do that. Are you doing retargeting? Oh, not doing retargeting yet. Let's make sure that we add that. And, and so it's not just, are you doing it? It's how much value we think that can provide. Right. And so for most companies, email retargeting, these are like need to haves these days, right? It doesn't mean you have to go willy nilly and throw a bunch of money at them, right? But we need to have some sort of process. So if we go and create a blog, it can go into an email, right? That can go into a landing page uh, or whatever the case may be and, and start to, you know, leverage the resources that we have in the most efficient way. And that's really how we approach it is we say, okay, what's the budget? What are the goals? Here are three different ways to get up the mountain. This is the way that we would recommend. By the way, are we, you know, are we still doing email? Are we also doing retargeting? Let's make sure we have, you know, as as tight of a campaign as possible. Um, and then from there, it's really understanding the client's feedback. And they say, well, we might want to do AdWords and we want to do SEO. Email is not a big thing for us. Okay, cool. Is there someone on your team that writes blogs? Yes. How about we create that email template and then they can just send the email out, right? So there's different ways where you can kind of alley-oop and get more out of the team. Um, and I think that starts with having, you know, world-class partner that's going to come in and um, really give you everything you need and nothing you don't. So uh, that's where our process, um, I think, is paramount is, you know, really understanding the client's needs and where they're at in their journey. And then based on experience and you know, the knowledge of the algorithms and the knowledge of, of how these different platforms work, we can put together a plan that really looking at the data and numbers and saying, okay, what are your most profitable clients? Where do they come from? Right? Okay. How do we talk to more of these people or grow more of this side of the business? By the way, you have this kind of loss leader over here. How much you know profit do we make here? Well, not much, but that always leads in a bigger job. So it's really almost understanding the business model more so than it is understanding the keywords. I mean, those are important, right? But those are you know, with enough um, elbow grease, right? You can churn out some keywords and and put together a basic strategy. And I think really what we want to do is put together both a high level and a low level strategy and say, okay, you know, generally here's where we want to be. Let's dive into the data and the numbers and what's most profitable for you as a business, align those goals and expectations therein. And then at, over time, you're just building trust by executing on your plan that you've already put forward. And so a lot of agencies are like, hey, pay us, well, you know, we'll start the strategy later, right? Or, you know, we already know what we want to do. This is what you guys need to do. 
I would challenge um, you to think about a more holistic kind of comprehensive fluid approach where, you know, you're really ensuring that, you know, people writing the content understand the, the market, people who are running data and analytics know the most valuable products and services so we can measure against um, those metrics as opposed to vanity metrics, which are just general conversions, right? These are the areas where um, relationships can get hurt and they can get lost, um, not always due to bad teams or bad people or processes. It's really just a lack of awareness around where, you know, the most needle moving parts of the business and revenue side are for the business. So um, those are are not always as simple as, as a keyword strategy, right? Well, we want to know that what those keywords are. We also need to have the inputs from the business owner and understand the model to, to be able to infer what's going to be most profitable and then what's, you know, maybe short-term goals and long-term goals around profitability so that we can start to, um, you know, lead with integrity. Mm, I love that. Lead, lead with integrity. You know, it just sounds like very, your agency sounds very service-based, but also very thorough. And that comes with a lot of awareness with the needs and of your clients. Who are your clients, by the way? Is it referral-based? Is it ads, social, like social media? So we, we, um, we get a lot of clients through our own SEO um, and then referrals as well, right? I think every good business should be relying on referrals. Referrals eventually dry up. So you need to be doing, you know, if you're a Facebook guy or gal, or if you're a SEO guy or gal, right? Like making sure that you're a practitioner of, um, you know, it's kind of like the mechanics cars always last to get worked on, right? Like you need to make your website and your presence a priority and, and, you know, the proof should be in the pudding of, you know, if you go and you check that SEO company's website and they don't rank for anything, maybe not like a good person to work with. Right. So, um, you know, we've been working really hard at our SEO. We have amazing network, right? Your net worth is your network and, you know, have an amazing network, um, uh, of people, including our team here. And, and I really believe that that's our most valuable asset, um, you know, processes and things are important, uh, again, relationship driven, um, and really looking at it from the perspective of, um, you know, you need to be doing whatever you're doing for your other clients for yourself. And if you're not, you know, maybe learning or you're not good enough yet to do that, right. You need to be, be creating a roadmap of how to get there. It takes time. It takes resources, right. Uh, as much as we've grown the business, we've reinvested back into the business. And so, um, you know, if you believe in what you're doing, double down, triple down, you know, it took me a while to start doing SEO for peaks just because we had a lot of great referrals. We had a lot of you know, kind of onesie, twosie deals coming in through the website and, um, you know, you can get complacent. I really think the more that you focus on driving your own leads and having multiple sources of leads, right? So like there's AdWords, there's SEO, there's networking, there's in-person events, there's masterminds, there's all kinds of different ways that you can connect. And, um, you know, I think it, it's not a one size fits all approach, right? But if we can, um, you know, kind of, be the proof in the pudding on our own website, then, then that allows us to use our website as an example when we go and we pitch other clients too. So um, there's a bit of credibility in, in that process. Absolutely. Thank you for that thorough answer. You know, how have you invested into your agency, like you mentioned? Really with hiring, um, having the right team members is really important. Um, finding the right culture fits are really important. It's more important than the skills. And so, um, culture has been the the cornerstone of, of our, um, foundation, 
Right. And so creating that, that culture and, you know, every once in a while you have to tweak the culture and keep refining it in general. Right. We have a really awesome work environment. People can work, you know, from home a couple of days a week, they can, um, you know, have, uh, different projects that they get to work on. Right. We try to pay better than other agencies. So there's, you know, this culture that really has allowed us to, to, um, compound that result. We don't want people to work themselves to death. We want people to find creative solutions and innovate and be efficient. And I think really the heart of, of Peaks' success has been innovation, culture, and our team. And those three things, um, you know, it's kind of like a tool. If you can't put a dollar into your business and get something back, right, then um, you need to relook at the margin and recalculate, right? And we feel the same way for our clients, right? If you're putting in a dollar, we want you to get four or five dollars back, like, it should be a good value add. And so that's kind of how I think of reinvesting. A lot of owners pull all the money out so they can go on trips and, you know, drive fancy cars mm -hmm. and look the part. And in the long term, that's great, right? Especially when you make it from like zero to 500K or zero to 700K, right? And like pull that money out. But most businesses, right? Like their, their problems cash flow. So that's, what a good mentor of mine, Vinny, told me is like, don't milk all the cash out of your business. Otherwise, you have no innovation runway, right? And so, um, you know, sometimes innovation is is happens when your back's against the wall. And, and other times, it's just a habit. It's just an exercise that you do every day. And so, mm -hmm. really, um, when, you're, when you're thinking about, you know, how you grow the business, I think Gary Vee said this, like, you should take as little money out of the business as possible, Right. So like pay yourself a salary that you're comfortable with. It's not going to be everything you want. Right. But like enough that you're comfortable with and hire mm -hmm. great people, pair that with great processes and keep adding to the team and keep, you know, add that salesperson and add those client success people in. Right. So that you can kind of work yourself out of the daily part of the business. And then your job is really just to service, you know, your team and the clients um, in different ways. And I think looking at that as a, uh, an opportunity is hard to see when it costs you money. I mean, there's a time when, you know, I had to take a substantial pay cut to be able to facilitate the growth of a team early on in the business. And, you know, there's a reason why only four to 6% of businesses are over seven figures in revenue, right? 93, 94% businesses will never hit that. They'll be solopreneur businesses, or they'll have maybe like a partner or two, right? Like small businesses, like nothing would sustain if that business owner stopped, the business stops too, right? So it's really just yeah. a high paying job. It's not actually right a business. And that's where, you know, I had a lot of coaching and mentorship to say, Hey, how do we grow this team and stop thinking about the short term, right? Like everyone's short term thinkers in this, this day and age, right? With the TikToks and everyone wants it now, <laughs> right? Yeah. And if we can compound, you know, our investment, it's just like investing in, a stock or real estate, right? It takes time. You might not make a lot well, with a business. You can make a lot if you yeah. structure it correctly. And I think having our team sharing in some of that growth with bonus opportunities and, you know, having the right um, structure of the team so that everyone can grow and move up within their roles um, creates an incentive for everyone to grow. And that's really what, what I learned at being at my first startup is there weren't many incentives to grow. Yeah. We have to pay our dues. We have to, mm -hmm. you know, I say it like this, like, you know, we all don't start in the janitorial position. We all have to, at some point, you know, pay our dues and, 
Um, some of those dues are time. Some of those dues are, are helping out mm. with different things. Right. And I think finding that kind of multi-tool, if you're, you know, in the infancy of your business, finding that first employee is like one of your most important hires. Right. And then you'll probably make some mistakes. People might not right be up for the, for the job. You do find those right people. They'll just start doing things. You don't have to ask them to do it. So I think a lot of it is, is looking at it from the perspective of, um, how do we create the right culture? How do we invest in the right team members, the right tools, the right resources and training so that people can create their own artwork? And we're really just that conduit as a platform for artists to come in and create their own artwork. And whether your your artistry is management, whether your artistry is websites or content or backlinks or analytics, right? You have this mm-hmm. amazing platform with your team members and um, it's hard to do. It's, it's you know... Um, frankly, you know, I was probably making some ridiculous money early on in my career that I sacrificed to this day to be able to grow the business. And I don't regret that. I think long-term mm-hmm. it really aligns with my dream of how do we get this to, you know, a 10 or 20, $20 million agency or 50 million, right? The numbers are numbers. And I think it's, it's great to have a goal that you're scared of that you would need like God's help or the universe's help with. And, um, you know, over these last eight years, we've really been able to, to grow ourselves to seven figures and beyond. It's, it's now getting a little bit more challenging. We have to kind of scale and pivot some of our processes, um, add more team members, right. And, um, become more efficient. And, and there's a whole nother kind of journey that goes along with that, that I, I find, um, is one of the more rewarding parts of that. It's not really getting to a certain dollar figure. It's the person that you have to become to be able to run the seven figure business. That is the exciting part to me. And I think far too often we're focused on the Christmas day. We're focused on the big payday or the payout or the, you know, job title for employee. Like people care about different things, right? But if we can fall in love with the journey and not judge ourselves on that journey and continue to innovate and reinvest, not knowing you know, yeah, maybe you can take the money and run and squeeze that last little bit of milk out of the, out of the cow's udder. And the cow's udder is a, a analogy for your business, but what would happen if we decided we were going to double down and triple down and go all in and not play like there was a plan B, what would we do? And that's really been the, the difference maker in the decision that I had to make early on that allowed me to get to this point. Right. And, and from here, right, there'll be more difficult decisions, but I think looking at it from that through that lens is what actually allowed me to get here. Because most people will give up. Most people do not have the chops to get punched in the face continuously throughout the day, right? And you say, "Well, I can never go to seven figures." I used to tell myself that all the time. But really, having the right people, mentors, and team, process, culture, the controllables, right? And maybe mm. don't take that extra vacation. Like I didn't take vacations for the first probably six years of business, seven years of business. So it's, it's, it's normal, right? I mean, not 90% of businesses are not on a beach chilling, right? So I think that's what we're sold in today's society. It's sexy. It's sexy being an entrepreneur and people covet <laughs> the attention. They actually don't, in many cases, covet the responsibilities that come with that attention. And I think if we can provide that best of both worlds where people can still grow and own and create artwork and you know do great things and and create great results for our clients and everything else just kind of works out and I, I think the same is true if you decide that you are going to step out of solopreneurship or you are going to you know mm-hmm. take that salary cut to support a, an additional team member that is going to help you down that road to seven figures 
Um, I can't tell you it's going to be perfect, but I can tell you it's worth it. And, it, and it, typically, you know, if you have the right um, level of commitment, like you will hit it. Most people mm-hmm. um, struggle with that. And it's a lot easier to, you know, pay yourself more in the short term than it is to, to maybe double down. But um, a lot of successful people have done it you know, and there's people much smarter, much more successful than I am. That's that are doing it. And I think if I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm certain listeners really appreciate this conversation. It's been very honest and it sounds like you just, you value growth is what it sounds like. And also just embrace the sacrifice that comes with being an agency owner. You know, when did you get to a point where you were like, okay, I need a team. I need to make some changes and expand. You know, um, it was at a point where I couldn't do any more work, right? Um, and I also couldn't necessarily take a day off, right? Because now you're getting paid more. Now you have so much responsibility and your people calling you, emailing you, right? So it got to this point where life started to get overwhelming. And, um, you know, good mentor of mine, Tony Grebmeyer, is like, it's time to hire someone. He's like, matter of fact, I got a guy that can help you, right? And maybe this guy wasn't the perfect fit, but it was like the perfect fit for your first employee. That's just kind of going to help with little stuff at first. Right. And I think, um, that's kind of where you have to, you know, whether you're, uh, management material or not, you're going to be able to learn what to do for me. I've always led and managed in my jobs, right. It's, there's still challenges, there's still learning that comes with that. Um, for some people they've never led or managed. So it's very intimidating to then take that leap. And I think, you know, it depends on your happiness level. Like I just wasn't satisfied with where I was at mm-hmm. and I wanted the ability to, um, be able to take time off. And to be honest, I'm still working on that. Like, I'm not at the place where I'm just like, Hey, I'm checking out for, you know, two weeks, right? Like we're working there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of business owners struggle with that. So I think looking at it from this lens of like, it's kind of like having a, what I would imagine having a baby is like, you're committed to it. And like, it's going to wake you up really early. There's going to be nights where you don't get a lot of sleep. There's going to be times when you can't go hang out with your friends. There's going to be sacrifices that you're going to make it in the long run. You actually have to live your life at the same time, right? So you can't just wait for this Christmas day is really the journey of it. And once I understood, understood that it's the journey of it and not necessarily arriving at a place where you have a team or arriving at a place where you're this perfect manager, right? Mm -hmm. You, the pressure is reduced. And you just start to say to yourself, what are the five things that I don't like to do anymore? Oh, I hate doing reports. Okay. Well, let's get a reporting person in here. Oh, I don't like doing my accounting. Okay. Let's get an accountant in here. Mm-hmm. Let's start to take some things away. So then you can reclaim that time to train. And that's the catch 22. It's going to take a lot more time. It's a lot more rewarding. You can get more done with the team. It's also right. A lot more responsibility because you now have 10, 15, however many people coming into, to your field of view, needing, you know, and asking for things that they need to become leaders themselves. So I think that's the interesting part is, um, I wouldn't say it's for everyone. I've really struggled with going back and forth on it. Um, you really, I think it was that and, and, you know, Tony and Vinny, my mentors basically saying like, Hey, if you can't step away from your business for more than a week without it exploding, you just have a high paying job. And I was like, wow, I think I have this business, but really it's just a high paying job. 
I'm just the guy, you know, in the Wizard of Oz pulling all of the Dang. different levers, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so once I realized that, then I'm like, oh, so in order to go, you know, take that beach vacation, I'm going to need a team. Oh, cool. And how nice would it be to feel supported and not have to do everything on your own? Oh, awesome. Well, by the way, you're going to take a pay cut. Oh, shit, that sucks. Excuse my language, right? But it's like, oh, well, <laughs> what are we going to sacrifice to get there? And I think that's... um it's challenging to run an agency. It's definitely not the easiest business to be in. It's extremely rewarding when we see, um, you know, our team thriving and and our clients thriving and you just start seeing that things are getting done without you working, right? You might have to work on other areas and that's always going to be the case, right? As a yeah. business leader, right? But like, um, it's so much more fun to be creating art alongside others than it is to just do it by yourself. And I think there's a quote that says like, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go together. And that's, that's one of the like kind of cliche quotes that comes in my mind when I reflect back on the last probably five to six years of like having employees is, has been like, at first it was painful. And I was like, Oh, they did it wrong. Right. You're like, Oh, I can just do this. And especially for those perfectionists out there. So I think really humbling ourselves and coming to terms with like what we actually need versus like what would be ideal in a perfect world are, are two things that you're going to have to reconcile. Um, and that's kind mm. of the, the learning experience out of that journey as well. So it'll just make you, a, a you know, more, um, agile, competent, effective, stronger business. You know, I, with the team, we can do things in markets that we would have never been able to do seven years ago. So, um, you know, you also want to hire people that like are trying to push the envelope on what the process is. And, you know, I believe everyone has something to teach us, right. But like, we really want to find those a players that, you know, are going to give us a couple great years or, or more, and we're going to give them a couple great years in return. And it, it ends up working out. Yeah. You know, I love that you mentioned reclaim time. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to reclaim some of your time and also agency owners listening to this as well, just emphasizing the importance on support. What would you currently say is something that you're most proud of right now on your journey? I would say I'm most proud. I would just say I'm most proud of our team. Uh, we yeah. just have, uh, you know, it's taken a while to build the right team and culture. And you have to be a defender of that culture every day you can't hire, you know, the wrong hires can destroy your business. And we've made over the years, some terrible hires. I'll admit not that the people were, were terrible, just not great fits culturally. Um, we hired for skill, not culture at first. And I think culture is one of those things that you either have or you don't. Right. And skill can be learned. Anyone can become, you put that 10,000 hours in and you can become a you know, black belt, samurai master, whatever your, your gig is. Right. And I think, um, far too often we're not rewarding in a society, the right culture, the right integrity, the right moves. And, um, that's, that's really just been one of those key, key focal points for us has made, made huge, huge difference. And, and that's the thing that I'm most proud of is how, you know, we have defenders of our culture and our team. We have the right group of people that all share similar values and all want to come together and help people. Um, you know, we wish the, the whole world was like that. And sadly, not everyone's going to be, that's life. Right. But 
um, understanding that just because you need someone right away, going out and hiring that person in a week may be one of the worst decisions you could make. It almost be better to find the person that's closer culture culturally than the person that necessarily just has the skills. Anyone has, everyone has the skills nowadays, right? Just depends how much you want to pay, but not everyone has the culture. Yeah. Can you expand a little bit more on why culture is very important for your agency? Yeah. Bad culture is like a cancer and it'll start to eat away at your business. So you can have, you know, um, people who don't see eye to eye, right. And they start to challenge the culture and that either shows up in the quality of the work or the engagements with others. And I really think that, um, you know, there's an expression fire fast and hire slow, right? Like once you see someone being a jerk or having bad culture, right. If they're, if you can't coach them through that, then they just have to get out. And I, I think it's rare. Sometimes it happens though. Um, it's so important to have the right vision and like, kind of like an operating system, right? Everyone uses Windows or Mac, right? Like you have to have that foundation, that common ground for there to be high bandwidth between your different team members and applications. And so, you know, really what I see is like the cost of having poor culture is, is you know, the cost of your accounts. It's the cost of, of your mental health and your business, right? It's, um, yeah. it's how we function as a su- successful society, right? Is like having the right culture, like murder is bad, right? <laughs> like yelling at the client is bad or blaming people is bad, right? Like we have to, sometimes we have to learn these things and coach through and provide frameworks to, to overcome life's issues and life's mess. Right? Other times, um, you know, it's pretty simple. Like I ask a lot of different questions in our interview process to determine someone's culture and everyone, you never really know a person until you get to know them. Right. So you're never going to make that it's never going to be on a silver platter. Perfect. Right. But I think far too often we're looking at what can someone do? What are their skills? That's, that's wrong. Right. Everyone can learn the skill. Not everyone mm-hmm. has the culture of wanting to help. Um, I think the culture of like wanting to be right in this society really gets in the way. Right. People's desire to like express themselves, um, which is good. Right. We want people to express themselves. We, we want to make sure that that those types of expressions don't misalign with the client experience, right? And the mm-hmm. values of the company. And so um, you know, it's interesting. There's no like one size fits all approach. Um, but I would say that that the quality and selection of our team is is what keeps the culture incredible. And um, you know, there's mm-hmm. always more challenges and there are more, you know, ways to improve that culture. I think as a baseline, like you have to start with culture first and, um, you know, hire for culture, not hire for culture in class, not like, Hey, I built this amazing website and I can do 800 things. It's like, well, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for expanding more on that. You know, I do want to just hear a little bit more about what it took for you to get to a consistent basis within the past couple of years. And if you can, if you're able to just gauge on what you're next going to tackle to hit that eight figure mark. Man, that's a great question. Um, um, you, so part one of the question, could you repeat that? Oh, what did it take for, 
you know, it to be consistent, just stability within your agency? Um, you know, it takes every waking second to fight for culture and train and process. I mean, it's been, you know, anyone who says that business isn't hard work, isn't doing anything right. Like everyone that I know who's run a successful company has put in the hours and put in the work. So it's the consistency in that. Right. Um, I, I go to bed usually at 11. I wake up at five or six every day. Right. I'm not out late. Yeah. I like to have fun. I think balance is an important part of that. So it's like the more consistent that I am, the more consistent the business is, and really just never taking your foot off the gas. People are going to want to slow down. They're going to tell you to take more time for yourself and this and that. And yes, you can do those things. But to me, it's just a matter of, are you, are you growing or are you dying? For us, it's been eight years of sales training process, sales training process, mm -hmm. having fun along the way, having a lot of fun, having great culture, having great people to do it with, right? We spend so much time with the people around us. Um, but to me, that's like, you know, when other people are sleeping, I'm working right. When, you know, people are taking their, their five o'clock, like I'm done for the day. Like I probably got at least two or three more hours left in the tank. So, um, you have to strike while the iron's hot, you know, and you have to keep pressing on the innovation side of the business. Doesn't mean we need to put our heads in vices and stress, be stressed. Um, it does mean that it, to me, it just takes doing the work, right? And and the consistency um, has been achieved in the way that I show up for the team, the team is showing up for me, right? So we have to be the leaders and, and create that consistency and that framework and, and be there for people and be there for our clients and find new ways to do things and be agile. Um, and it takes a lot of focus. It takes, you know, all of the focus that I have and most business owners, right? Yeah, we're working on multiple things that like you really have to have that consistent investment, not only of capital, but also of focus and vision and energy in terms of, you know, how do we level up? And that really just comes up with showing up for your team. Mm -hmm. um, and so for us, it's been a lot of um, like some people don't ever talk to their boss, right? Or very rarely. I like to meet with my team as much as I can, right? At least once a week, we have multiple you know, people here put in different processes so that we have like team syncs throughout the week and you know, just different um, checks and balances in place to make sure that we're all feel supported and that everything, uh, that the communication is open. Mm -hmm. And I think the more consistent we are um, with our lives, you know, the more consistent the business will grow and then just hiring the right people to support the areas that you're not good at. Right. Like for me, I'm a little bit better at sales than most, you know, I won't say that's kind of a weird comparison, but what I'd say is sales is a strength for me. Right. So sales, I do more sales than I probably should. I'm about to hire a salesperson. And that's probably the last person I need to hire. So really mm -hmm. thinking about like, what is to your point and what you'd kind of mentioned earlier, you know, speaking to the point that I made about um, reclaiming that time, you know, if our time is valuable, what is, what are the, uh, you know, would two hours be considered invaluable? Yes. We can get those two hours back and reinvest that back into the team or back into the process every single week, setting goals every single week. Right. Sometimes, you know, we might fall short on a, on an aspiration, right. We're setting the goal every week. That's really, um, to me, 
the definition of not taking your foot off the gas and continuing to invest. Whereas like most people are so tired by like year five, they're like, Oh my gosh, right. I'm ready to pull back. That just means you need to tweak your lifestyle a little bit. Right. And I've had people show me these blind spots. There's things I work on. Um, It's all achievable if you set the right goals. Yeah. So thank you for that. Can you, just expand more on what you're able to gauge for the next stage of your, of your journey right now. Yeah, that's a, thanks for asking that. Um, the next stage is about scaling, uh, as efficiently as possible, right? So when you hire all that labor, now you have to effectively manage the labor and effectively manage the process behind the labor. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking at a, we're looking at a few aggressive markets to pursue, um, over the next three, six months, um, revamping the website, you know, really working on more of our lead gen component. Uh, we've worked on the product itself, um, to, to basically re redo any of the areas that we felt like could be improved, um, to really optimize the process to get the maximum amount of results in the shortest time frame. Um, and for us, that's, that's really helped. It helps create more value. So it's like, how do we create more value? right? How do we create more consistency? And then how do we go and attack a, an entire market? Um, you know, if we can capture one to 5% of these different markets, right, we'll be in, in great shape. So, um, you know, it's niching down a bit, niching down to scale up and and most certainly, you know, continuing to invest in the team in the process and um, work out any of the bugs that inherently appear as you go from, you know, zero to seven figures going from seven to eight is a totally different ball game. Um, and that's where, you know, I've learned that, that the process needs to, needs to change and you can't offer that, um, same, uh, hands-on, like you're going to talk to the CEO service. So there's, you just have to innovate and get a little bit more creative around how, how you're going to interact with the clients and, you know, how you optimize the processes to maximize the margin while still creating, um, that same Ritz-Carlton-esque experience. Yeah, thank you for just being open about your process and just your next stage during your journey. I really love this conversation. It's been very insightful. Do you have any last advice for agency owners listening to this or your peers listening to this as well? I would say um, become great at one thing, right? Whether it's Facebook or SEO or AdWords or websites, become great at one thing. And then scale up the rest of the business and see what people are actually asking for, as opposed to like what the newest trend is. That's a great piece of advice. I, I hear this often, I think this week as well, just focusing on one thing and, and not trying to do with all the whole, the whole bag and just really picking one out. I think that's a great piece of advice. I would Thank love you. to transition. How can people get in contact with you? So follow us uh, or follow me on Facebook, David A. Finberg. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, David A. Finberg. Um, if you're looking to connect over business and uh, don't just want tips and tricks, you can reach me at peaksdigitalmarketing.com. Um, you know, fill out a contact form or request an audit and we can, uh, you know, hopefully add some value back. Yay. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Have a good evening. Thank you as well.